You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, and yes, I'm live because... This is the weirdest holiday that we've ever been allotted. And in order to set the tone, I should uh, play a couple of announcements before we even kick off. Abolish the monarchy rally. Thursday, 22nd of September at 1.30pm. Assembling at Birrarung Ma, opposite the Arts Centre, and then marching through the city. Abolish the monarchy, return stolen land, stop Aboriginal deaths in custody. Black mother at her doorstep, impale a brother on a tall fence, another brother shakes till he got no life left. Organised by the warriors of the Aboriginal resistance and community, a 3CR supporter. This is Italian Choco Howard Edwards. I do Palomar on a Thursday afternoon, but uh, this Thursday we'll be coming to you live from the Abolish the Monarchy down there at Abiramar, and uh, it's going to be a great day. I mean, we're out there to abolish the monarchy, so uh, uh, they they haven't done the right thing. Join, join me, Palomar, at 2 pm here at 3CR Thursday. Two o'clock, coming to you live from uh, Biramar, worried of the resistance abolished the monarchy. See you all then, or you'll hear from me then. Yeah, mind your bless you all. Yeah, put that in your uh, diary later in the day. Uh, the um, Finally, the uh, water is broken. I mean, the idea that uh, everybody is... Uh, beholden to two weeks of massive monarchist propaganda is uh, unbelievable. But anyway, we're here for Showreel, which is a look at the Australian film industry. Uh, But today we're doing a little bit of a sidestep and we're going to uh, talk about the Melbourne International Games Week, which is on uh, October the 1st, running to the 9th. Of course, games are a new frontier when it comes to narrative and uh, image and sound, and so it's uh, quite an interesting thing to be exploring. Before we get on to that, uh, there's a couple of things that are on t- that uh, you might like to know about. Two of them is uh, 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 are films that are being shown in honour of Uncle Jack Charles, uh, uh, two of his 
most well-known works, Jack Charles versus the Crown and Bastardry, will be presented as special screenings this week across various Melbourne venues in honour of the lovable local star of stage and screen who passed away, of course, last week. Now, um, the uh, full footage of Jack Charles versus The Crown, the stage play which toured at home and across international stages for eight years, is going to be screened for free at Collingwood Town Hall tonight. That's uh, Thursday the 22nd of September. It's going. It's a free event. Uh, it starts at, uh, there's going to be a welcome at 4.30pm at the Collingwood Town Hall and it's going to start, the screening's going to start at 5.15pm. Uh, and uh, if you want to know more about that, then you need to uh, look up the uh, Ilbajiri Theatre Company website. There's uh, information about this. Um, the other event is uh, Bastardry Screening, which is uh, going to be on at the Cinema Nova. Uh, the booking should be done via venues, uh, 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 by the uh, Nova venue. Uh, it's, um, or, oh, well, it's going to be on at uh, the Cinema Nova. Uh, 10% of the box office donated to the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service and it's going to be on tonight, uh, today, 11am and 7pm on Friday the 23rd of September, 11.15am and 7pm and Saturday the 24th, uh, 11.30am and Sunday 25th of September, 1.15pm. But of course you can look it up on NOVA. So Bastardry is going to be on at the NOVA. Astor Cinema is also going to do it. Um, $5 from each ticket is going to be donated to, to the Archie Roach Foundation. Uh, also in Castlemaine, the Theatre Royal Castlemaine. It's going to be on on the 24th of September, 7.30pm. And Thornbury Picture House. That's going to be on Sunday the 25th, 1.30pm. So as I said, go to the... Uh, websites of these places and you can book a ticket for more information and to book you can go to ilbijiri.com.au and that's I-L-B-I-J-E-R-R-I. The other thing that you might be interested in is something that's going to be on Netflix, Netflix if you are a Netflix person. The Dream of Georgie Stone. It spans 19 years of the memories of Georgie Stone, an Australian transgender teen, as she helps change laws, affirms her gender, finds a voice and emerges into adulthood. It's going to be launched on uh, Netflix and it starts to September the 23rd to Friday the 23rd September in Australia. So um, the people... Uh, from the Unquiet Collective, a group of amazing filmmakers dedicated to the role of film in transformative change, are uh, sending out information about the dream life of Georgie Stone and they're hoping that you would uh, tune in and uh, uh, be informed effectively. Now, as for the program today, as I said, Melbourne International Games Week uh, 2022, the 1st to the 9th of October. It's uh, there's it's going to be on in a, around Melbourne and online and uh, one of the MP centres is going to be ACME. I spoke to uh, Jacob Lurney as well as Daniel Teltebrum, 
uh, both people who come from uh, different backgrounds for, uh, with different ideas about uh, what games can do. Uh, Jacob is actually a musician and uh, he uh, explains himself. And we'll, at the end of this a little uh, excerpt with this uh, chat with uh, Jacob, I'll play a piece from his uh, one of his games, Justice Sucks Recharged, because it gives you a little taste of how he melds uh, pop music with games energy. So off we go. Uh, first off, um, I'm, I find the whole thing about the Melbourne International Games Week really fascinating. Can you tell me how you got into making games? Yeah, absolutely. So my, my, my background's actually... Um, as a musician, a pop songwriter. Um, and quite a few years ago, I got a little bit burnt out from music and, and, and thought I'd try my hand at writing music for games. But I found really, really quickly that I actually loved making video games. And I started teaching myself how to code. Um, I started teaching myself how to use the Unity game engine and making little games for myself. Um, and it just snowballed from there, really. I got, I got a design internship. Um, and then I started, you know, making music and games crossovers. Um, that that kind of became my niche, and yeah, kind of here I am today. Okay, so tell me, what is it about games? Like, is it the narrative form? Is it uh, what is it? Tell me about it. The thing about games that that really gets to my creative soul um, is is the fact that it kind of combines many art forms in one. So there is storytelling, there is still music that I get to do. There's also art, um, you know, I'm a very visual person, so thinking of things in terms of, of how they look and how they move is really appealing to me. Um, and then, of course, you also have the coding, which is which is not something I ever thought um, I'd be able to enjoy because I wasn't very good at maths in school. Um, but kind of being able to use my, like, very logical brain right next to my creative brain is, is really, really satisfying. Um, and, and also having a platform um, that oftentimes can, can reach kids a little bit more than contemporary music does um, or in a different way um, is, is really important to me as well. So there, there's drama as well as suspense involved in this, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Being able to, you know, create a game that, that gives the player, you know, a real sense of action or movement or, or have storytelling in there, being able to tell the stories of, you know, interesting characters or very real characters that are relatable, giving the player, you know, a way to engage with that meaningfully is, is a really, really powerful thing, I think. So I'm, I'm quite interested in the uh, in filmmaking and uh, uh, TV and stuff, but this is this is actually employing very a, a great many of the same sort of aspects, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so games and screen or games and film are, are quite intricately tied because they're, you know, the a visual medium of storytelling. Um, and something that's been quite exciting for me recently is to, is to start doing writer's rooms, which is something that's really, really common in, in the film and TV industry, where you get a bunch of writers in a room, you workshop ideas, you know, you make each other's jokes better. Um, so I've been able to bring that into games a little bit and we're seeing more and more crossover with people from film wanting to be in games, with people in games wanting to bring different things from film, particularly, you know, the cinematics and, and the voice acting and, and of course, the, the, the storytelling. So when you talk about a game, are you talking about uh, several parallel storylines running at the same time, depending on what the choices are for the player? 
Yeah, so each game can vary quite a lot. Um, gen- generally, when I speak about video games and storytelling in video games, um, th- the games have kind of one main storyline, but the, but the player has a bit of agency and a bit of choice about how that story is told. But, but often the creators are really ty- trying to tell a, a specific story or sharing a spe- specific point of view or idea. But then you do have some other more narrative-focused games that really allow the story to go in lots of different directions, um, which is its own genre in itself and is actually a little bit closer to film. Yeah, I know. They're quite extraordinary, um, in, in, aren't they? In, in that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're quite uh, mood-specific. Also, it must be about character development as well, right? Yeah, and, and games is a really interesting place to be able to you know, show showcase a character's transformation in, in storytelling, whether it's in books or in film or theatre. You know, the, the main part of it often is the transformation of the protagonist. So in games, allowing players to actually role play as that protagonist, um, I think is really, really interesting and, and really special. And there have been studies done to show that when people make good choices in video games, um, you know, maybe helping people in video games or making healthy choices about relationships with characters, that they can actually bring some of those healthy choices into their real life as well. And, of course, people can play with people who are removed from them physically. They're not in the same room. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. So multiplayer has kind of become a a really, really big thing. Um, And, you know, players being able to connect with each other, particularly through the pandemic. I I think multiplayer games became even more popular. I I got quite into them um, and being able to, yeah, connect to people around the world and really have human connections through the medium of video games um, is also a really kind of exciting direction that that it's going in. Can we go back to uh, your original self, which was uh, a musician? Um, One of the things that was uh, pointed out to me was that you have been doing experimentation in shaping a new model for creating uh, and releasing music and video games. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, being in Victoria um, has has been really wonderful opportunity for me to be able to kind of experiment with music and video games because it is really the centre of Australia's digital games industry. Um, more than half of Australia's game studios are actually based in Melbourne, and our games go all over the world. So, Creative Victoria um, have a fund that is really for artists of all kinds to be able to experiment and explore. And so, last year I spent six months. Um, writing songs with different um, songwriters, including some K-pop songwriters, some local songwriters. And then for each song that I wrote, I created a small video game prototype. Um, and so that was really to explore how music with lyrics or, or pop music, commercial mu- music, can fit into video games in a bit of a different way. A lot of video game music you know, is really instrumental and can be cinematic, which, which is lovely and I really adore that. Um, but I'm just such a, a pop musician and pop song lover at heart. So to experiment with bringing pop songs into video games was, was something really exciting and I think something that I probably could only do um, in, in Victoria. And did it, did it light a fire? Has it lit, lit a fire? Absolutely. So it, it actually led me to um, the, the creation of a game that I'm working on at the moment called Halloween Valentine, um, which is a puzzle adventure pop album set in a haunted amusement park on Valentine's Day. Um, 
And that's going to be showcased at Melbourne International Games Week, um, along with a bunch of other really, really wonderful games. Oh, that's really great. Now, you've just come back from uh, Germany at Gamescom. Tell us about that. Correct. So, so Gamescom is basically the, the world's biggest video game convention. So you've got, you know, Sony and EA and Ubisoft and all these huge video game companies showing their new games to, to players. Then, of course, you've got lots, lots of indie games. But what's really important about Gamescom is, is the business section. So myself and a bunch of other Australian video game developers um, were supported to go over to Gamescom um, and pitch our games to publishers, have business meetings and be able to connect with the, the global audience. Um, and from that, you know, a lot of the studios that went over um, have built really good relationships and now have, you know, a pipeline to be able to get more funding for their games, bringing that back to Victoria, bringing that back to Australia. Um, and a lot of those studios, I think, will be showing in Melbourne International Games Week um, as, as well, which is really exciting to be able to bring that, you know, global businesses and, and really show them how wonderful um, Victoria and Australia really is with, with games. So that was uh, Jacob uh, Lurney and his uh, uh, melding of uh, pop music with uh, games. And now we're going to go on and have a, ch- a chat with uh, Daniel Teltenbaum, who's from Game Change. Uh, it's uh, all about using games for good. So let's hear what he's got to say. So, um, Daniel, tell me about Games for Change. 
Games for Change is uh, the Asia-Pacific instalment of big organisation Games for Change that operate branches all over the world. Uh, so Games for Change Asia-Pacific, we're in our second year. We're a festival that showcases all of the wonderful games that are being created in the Asia-Pacific region. And our games focus on three areas, uh, education, health and social change. And all of these games address uh, something in those areas. So there are games for improving classroom experiences, for education and training across a range of industries, um, school, university and professional training uh, using games. There's games in healthcare, everything from diagnosis to rehabilitation to, again, training and education specifically in the health sciences. Uh, and then a range of social justice uh, and uh, culture games, games about preserving cultural heritage uh, and also addressing social issues, uh, everything from domestic violence um, to making sure that youth are aware of what's going on in the streets around them and um, all these kinds of games addressing a social impact purpose. How did this start? Uh, Games for Change started in New York about 10 years ago uh, and uh, it's since opened up chapters all around the world. Um, and Asia Pacific, we started last year. We had our first festival, um, which was all online. And we got to showcase over 100 different games um, and hear from over 100 different speakers about the and developers and researchers from across industries talking about how they develop the games and, and how they work. Uh, and this year we're doing the uh, first instalment that will be both online and in person with a range of panel discussions that are uh, all happening at ACME. Yeah, yeah. So is this a, um, a charity or is it something else? Is it, is, it, is it a business? What is it? Games for Change is a not-for-profit. Uh, and so we um, basically, yeah, put on. We work. we have a lot of volunteers that work to put on the festival each year. Oh, right. Okay. And so, but obviously people have uh, products which they've been creating in the game space. Product. Well, yeah, there are a lot of, there. I mean, we, we showcase, a lot of these games are put to um, use in a whole lot of industries. Um, so, yeah, some of these games are put for training in um, professional contexts. Oh, yeah. No, the reason why I say it that way is because, you know, games, people have this not, a notion of a game being something that they do for leisure. But this is a reinterpreting of that, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, games for leisure, for sure. But I think that we have a long, long history uh, in human culture of using games for more than leisure, um, using games for strategy, for insight, for um, abstracting ideas and concepts into a game-like space so that we can understand new and different, thing, different things about it. Chess was for war at, at different points. And, um, yeah, games have been put to use outside of leisure for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I think that for the last 20 years or so, we've seen an absolute explosion of just not, the not just the games economy, but games being uh, utilised in all kinds of areas of society. And I think we've moved away from games are just a nice tab or something fun or for kids or frivolous. Um, games are deeply engaging, uh, deeply intelligent things that you can create to explore all kinds of ideas and concepts and to understand more about people and systems and how they interact. Can you give us an idea of some of the games that are specifically uh, in this area that uh, apply to Australia in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one really, really wonderful example is called Sound Scouts, which is a, a simple app phone game app that you can give to kids to play and it can diagnose whether they've had any hearing loss or hearing issues. 
So rather than um, the scary experience of going into a doctor and being tested and being nervous and anxious about it, um, you can just play a game and find out and diagnose and know whether you need to do anything else. But um, the experience is no longer traumatic and, and removes all of that um, you know, experience of going to the doctor. Uh, other examples are drive, My Drive School, which was uh, in, created to help create a safe environment for people to learn how to drive. Uh, and this, you know, at first I think, well, this is just a, a, a better way of learning to drive, but its social impact implications are huge as it's been adapted for uh, all across the world, but with people with disability learning to drive, um, elderly people in Japan learning to drive, and women in Saudi Arabia, newly allowed drivers, but struggle to learn in the context that they're in. And so uh, it has all these kinds of applications across the world, um, you know, just being created to learn how to drive. So so this particular area of uh, games uh, production, uh, I mean, it, it, it obviously includes um, coding and narrative as well as um, scientific data collection, I'm assuming, because uh, otherwise you wouldn't know if it works, right? Well, that's right. And so, I mean, last year we got to, because it was our first instalment, we got to showcase a whole lot of games and, and how they've um, been used and how they were created and the different research that went into developing and evolving them over time. But this year we're focusing on having panel discussions where we can go deeper into exactly those questions. How do you know you've gathered enough evidence? How are you measuring the impact afterwards? Uh, what are the specific you know, use case examples that have worked and what haven't? So not just, uh, I mean, now that we've got to celebrate the fact that we all know games can be put to good use, um, now we're going deeper into some of the cha more challenging aspects and questions that are in the um, space. So, Daniel, what's your background? My background? Well, I um, uh, have for the last few years been running Playful Thinking, which is my organisation that does professional development uh, for teams and groups, all uh, different contexts, university, corporate um, and uh, not-for-profit organisations. And I run workshops on leadership and creativity, uh, communication and culture, but using play-based methodology. Uh, so I guess games, these, we're focusing at games for change on the digital space, um, extended reality, virtual reality, um, and online gaming. Uh, and uh, my work, my background is actually in the a a more analog space, running in-person games using uh, Lego and building blocks and improv, uh, theater, and all range of different things um, to develop those skills. And uh, that's it for a showreel today. Um, just to remind you that uh, the Melbourne International Games Week starts on the 1st and goes to the 9th. You should look it up. Uh, M-I-G-W will get you there. Uh, and the Games for Change is actually <clears throat> a uh, hybrid event which is uh, included in the overall program and it runs from the 4th to the 6th of October. So uh, lots of fun for people who are interested in that. And uh, if you're a person who uh, is in the film and uh, TV industry and wants to branch out, this would be a good way to investigate. Uh, coming up next is uh, Published or Not, and we'll go out with a cute song. There were times I was lost, dark had feet, couldn't see through the rain, in the end it were clear. 
hit the fan. I was more than one man who was here to lend a hand to get the weak stand. Always at my back, but got a yin soldier team pulled together. You know the weak coca blends these here. You in the name of charity, carry me when I'm weak straight through the valley of darkness, pitch blackness, the heartless, regardless. We couldn't part us, thick and thin there by my side. At times we collide, in the end we ride. And thin, there by my side. At times we collide, but in the end we ride, we ride, 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 ride. May walk wrong paths, but right or wrong, he's one of us. We got him to the lie. We fight for what is right. My brother, my best friend, till the end we defend. Never seen a bond so concrete. I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger. Those who attempt to destroy my brother, thick and thin, there by my side. At times we collide, but in the end we ride. And thin, there by my side. At times we collide, but in the end we ride, we ride, 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 ride. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.